heads. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And this is probably one of the most famous scriptures in the New Testament about prayer. Matthew 6, 19, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. And it's known all too well for its simplicity. In fact, the text itself is prefixed with the words, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this. And it then goes into the prayer. And it's such a simple prayer, but yet prayer is something that we all too often struggle with. And praying can take many formats. When we close our bedroom door to speak to the Lord, or when we're praying together in our small group, or interceding on behalf of people or things, or prophesying the words God has given us. And how can something that's supposed to be so simple and straightforward sometimes feel like the most difficult thing to do? So tonight we're going to delve into the realm of prayer as we look ahead to our 24-hour prayer chain and impact week that is coming up. So let's talk a little bit about why do we actually pray? And well, like in any relationship, it's important that we communicate. If we think for a minute about some of the struggles and frustrations that we might have with our flatmates or spouses or children, or how about our parents or our colleagues? We can feel an array of emotions when we feel like we're not being heard or we are not understood um, what is being communicated. We often feel misunderstood by the person or even flat out ignored. We can even feel we aren't meeting expectations or that other person's always disappointing us because they don't actually understand how important this item is to us. We can feel solidly frustrated because the person actually just isn't listening. Hey? <laughs> so I'm sure we can all agree that communication is vital, if not key, to any relationship. So let's take a little look further afield when we consider communication with God, who is unseen. Let's face it, he doesn't check WhatsApp, he doesn't tweet, he doesn't check Facebook, and he most certainly doesn't send any emails. In fact, he prefers to have you all to himself when you close the door and focus entirely on him. So how do we ensure we are communicating with, the God, with God when he clearly isn't keeping up with technology? So there are two aspects that I want to look at today. First aspect is personal prayer, and then we're going to take a look at corporate prayer. So there are a number of generic aspects that we can look at when we, when we consider and look at prayer, but regardless of whether it's personal prayer or corporate prayer, and then I'll move into the, the, the sections of personal and corporate. So we're just going to look at the generic context, and then we'll move on to it. So the first thing to note um, about any relationship is that there's always a two-way flow of communication. We speak to God and God speaks to us. So we actually need to listen if we want God to speak to us. 
God's not going to speak over us. He's, he's an absolute gentleman when it comes to um, our time with him. I mean, there certainly are scenarios in the Bible where he's been boldly speaks, but more often than not, he's not going to interrupt us. So we do actually need to spend some time just listening if we are to hear from the Lord. We also need to make sure that we are in right standing with God. In 1 Peter 3 verse 12, it speaks about, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So repent if repentance is needed. We need to be in agreement with the word of God if you want God to hear our prayers and to answer them. Then God loves it when we give all of our attention to him when we pray. But please see the statement in the right context. If we are on the run and if we are busy, if with childcare or whatever it is, we know it can be tricky to get some alone time. But what I want to say, praying is better than not praying. So if that's all we're able to manage, that's fine. But if we are able to get just purely consecrated time to the Lord, then that's the best option. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit is our helper. Follow his prompting, his leading and his guiding. This is particularly important when it comes to repentance um, and seeking the will of the Father. If you are able, spend time in worship of our King before bringing your prayers to him. Um, and it's basically along the lines of um, that analogy, coming to the Father's courts with praise and thanksgiving. Also, enter prayer from a position of the spirit rather than the position of the flesh. And I will touch on this a little bit later on again. Also, remember to put on the armor of God. We are in a war that we cannot see, and that is the spiritual battle. Therefore, we should put on the armor of God that he has given to us. And Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all that, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can ex extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word of God, sorry, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication. So let's look a little bit at personal prayer now. Let's close your door and focus on the Lord. In this time, we can worship him. We can remember and give thanks for what he has done. We can read the Bible and declare scripture over us and over situations. We can follow the Holy Spirit's prompting for declarations, decrees, and we can pray in tongues. But some of you might say to me, Christy, you know what? That's all lovely. But do you know what? I've actually got the concentration span of a flea. Do you think I can concentrate longer than for two minutes? <laughs> now, come on, we all struggle with it. 
So if you have some of these thoughts, here are some practical ways of how we can try and concentrate when that door is closed. Switch off your phones. Put it to silent and put it out of sight. Take it off vibrate. Just remove it entirely because we know it's going to be distraction. Try to speak out loud rather than just having the conversation in your head because we know that those can often wander off and before you know it, you've been 10 minutes down there somewhere. Also, you can journal your prayers to the Lord. And I will come back to journaling a little bit later on. And then lastly, decide on the time you dedicate towards the Lord and um, consecrate that time. And don't let any other distractions hinder you or take away from that time. Let's now turn our attention to corporate prayer. And many of the things that I've spoken about in personal prayer, so worship him, remember him giving thanks, read the Bible, follow the Holy Spirit's prompting, pray in tongues, that is all still applicable for um, corporate prayer. But there's a few other aspects that we need to consider. And that is around sticking to the purpose or the agenda of the prayer meeting that has been called. Respect other people's contributions and stay humble. We all collectively hear the voice of God and no one voice is more important than the other. And it's important to note that the word from the prophet is subject to the prophet. So we all are accountable. Listen to words to see where God is moving collectively and how he's speaking to the body as a whole. Be sensitive to the working of the spirit. If he is moving gently, then move gently as well. Do not avoid awkward silences. Wait if you need to wait collectively. So we can all see how personal prayer is important to us, but how is corporate prayer important to us? Now, if we look ahead to the book of Acts, we can see that um, immediately after they believed, we read that the new believers devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. We see signs and wonders, belief and generosity. We see worship, hospitality, praise, unity, and evangelistic growth. Um, and that's in Acts 2, which we'll come on to in a second later. So for the early church, prayer was not an afterthought or the Christian way to start and end a meeting. Prayer was not an afterthought to the real work of the apostles. Prayer was central and it's so it must be now as well. It's also important to know that corporate prayer is for all believers. It's not just for the intercessors. Mm. We must see both personal and corporate prayer as a role for everybody. God speaks to the whole body and it's important that each bring what the Lord is saying to them, to the body as a whole. Unless you cannot actually hear the voices, the Lord's voice, but if this is the case, I still challenge you to join in. The more time you invest sitting, listening and seeing how others hear, I'm sure it'll help your own discernment and listening. Obviously, the fellowship time is amazing and fellowship is always amazing generally. But when God begins to stir up and the Holy Spirit starts to pour out, the miraculous begins to happen. All I can say is just wow. Now let's move a little bit on to unity in corporate prayer, because we know that this is really important to us if things are going to change in the heavenlies. Mm. Matthew 5 verse 23 to 24 says, if you are offering your gift at the altar 
And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be consult your brother and then come and offer your gift. And James exhorts us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And that's in James 5 verse 16. Individual prayer only makes use of part of our, our weapon of prayer to battle sin. But, that, but there is strength in gathering with others. If we are serious about battling sin, we must put corporate prayer into our arsenal. Then we shouldn't focus on ourselves, especially during corporate prayer and what our worries and concerns are when it comes to the church. What is on God's heart? What does he see as a concern? And it's important that sometimes our physical eyes deceive us. I've seen this many times before. We often hear that God's kingdom is the upside down kingdom and for good measure. Mm. The world is in a fallen state. It's often wrapped in complete opposite to what God wants or what his attention is on. So when we look through our physical eyes, we sometimes just see the broken side mm. and the impact that this is having. We don't necessarily see what God is doing or wanting to do. So we need to stick to uh, we need to stick our own agendas aside and focus on what God wants in these meetings. Hello? Is that you, God? Is he sending texts these days? I don't know. No, he's not. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> the miraculous. No, I'm kidding. Then, um, yeah, there's often, um, de depending on, on the perfectionists out there, I'm sure you'll agree, sometimes you feel obliged to perform or feel like you need to raise to the occasion. And it takes a lot of discipline, especially uh, for the perfectionists. But also just to note that God isn't impressed by our performances. Well, you may ask, what does actually impress God? And let's see Isaiah 66. It says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things come to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Right, and we're getting almost to the end of the corporate side of things. I've got two more examples to share here, and they're not the easiest of examples, I must add. So the second last one is about, around, about being obedient. And we all know that obedience is better than sacrifice. If God wants you to declare or say something, say it. If he wants you to do prophetic acts or sign acts, whatever it is, do it. Regardless of how silly you may look or how silly it feels, just do it. And I can guarantee you, if any of you want to see what some of the prophets had to do in the Old Testament, please go and read Ezekiel, the poor man. Um, the things that God wanted him to do were a little bit out there. But one of the examples is that he had to lie on his left side for 390 days. Mm. Folks, that's longer than a year. He just had to lie on his left side to represent the, the years of Israel's sin. Then, once he'd finished doing that, he then had to turn onto his right side and lie there for 40 days to bear the sin of the house of Judah. Mm. This poor man. <laughs> we have it so easy, folks, is what I'm trying to say to you. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
And not only that, scripture then goes on to say, I will tie you up with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. Hey, imagine just lying on your one side for 390 days. Come on, guys. I couldn't even do three and a half weeks. And then, I mean, anyway, then he gets tied up, the poor man. Anyway, please go and read Ezekiel. I think it's in the first five or six chapters. There's, there's quite a few interesting takes there that God asks him to do. And he does it. But anyway. I'm sure it's not 390 hours. I'm very sure it's not 390 hours. It's 390 days. And the point is he's representing Israel's sin. He wasn't even representing his own sin, folks. Come on. <laughs> um, and then lastly, um, just to say that God isn't our lucky charm. And he's not something that can be conjured up. He's not there to serve us. We're here to serve him. So we must always approach God's throne with the utmost respect. Amen. Right. I now just want to turn our time to talking about positioning ourselves in the spirit. And I want to share around Acts 2. I know we spoke a little bit earlier on about Acts and just how um, they were committed to uh, spending time in prayer. But the bit I want to share with you is from verse 17. It says, in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it then goes on in verse 38, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So positioning ourselves in the spirit is a very possible thing, but it's also an active decision that we need to make. We need to receive the Holy Spirit and then go on to remain in him. It's a continual task. It's not just a one-off activity. Then let's talk a little bit about how do we pray. So, when you find it's time to go and pray, we always find that our concentration becomes almost negligible, doesn't it? Yet we can watch Netflix for hours and hours on end. Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And all of us sitting here know full well the lust of the flesh. It pulls us in all sorts of directions. It certainly doesn't pull us to pray. It is actually contrary to prayer. So we're going to have to make an effort to walk in the spirit. It's not going to be easy. But 2, 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call out to the Lord out of a pure heart. So we are going to have to stand against the lusts of the flesh and choose to walk in the spirit. It's a battle, guys. Remember that. But 
as Ephesians 6 tells us, we have armor, we have the Lord on our side, so we can do it. Let's talk a little bit about how does God actually speak to us? Well, he speaks to us through the Bible. As we read the Bible, God highlights bits that he's talking to us about. So it's really important that we spend, we spend time reading the Bible. But it, apart from God speaking to us through the Bible, it, it also transforms our mind and our hearts as we continue to read and spend time in the word. God also speaks through people. And thankfully, God knows when we need others on our path. People can share insight or knowledge or wisdom, sometimes through scripture or what God has revealed to them. They can also help us to discern what the Lord is saying. We must remember that the body is made up of all different parts and we all have a role and a function to do. The eye cannot be the feet and the hands and the heart. It must be the eye. But at the same time, the eye must communicate to the body and say, this is what I'm seeing. Sometimes the whole body, so in other words, the corporate, will need to react as a result. But sometimes it is only one thing that needs to react, which may be a personal thing. But the point is, each must contribute to the body. God also speaks through his Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, um, what I want to say around the Holy Spirit is that the Holy we, we, we all have different relationships with the Holy Spirit. We don't necessarily all have exactly the same um, interaction with the Holy Spirit. He knows us so intimately. He knows us so well that he knows exactly how to communicate with us. So we should never try and compare our relationship that we have with somebody else's because it's always going to be different. So the way I experience the Holy Spirit is going to be different to Elizabeth and Elizabeth is going to be different to Nigel, etc., etc., etc. And so it's really just important that we, we come to recognize that. Um, yeah, and I want to say to any of those who are here today who are, who are, who might be new to the Holy Spirit and are struggling to recognize the Holy Spirit speaking to them, um, this is going to be very, very, very frustrating. But over time, it will become easier and it will become better. So if there is anybody here to doubt who is struggling to hear from the Holy Spirit, please speak to any one of us. We will certainly pray with you and ask God. Um, yeah, to reveal himself to you. So, but what I, what I do want to say is that just remember God loves you and that he does want to communicate with you. Um, yeah, it just sometimes means that our, our line to God takes a little bit longer to develop over time or for us to recognize it. Some may have an instantaneous communication line with the Holy Spirit, but some, not everybody's like that. In fact, the majority of us aren't. So don't feel like you're abnormal or that there's something wrong with you. Then God also often speaks through open doors. And I must say open doors and closed doors aren't my favorite thing um, in terms of when it comes to a method of leading from the Lord. Um, the problem is that sometimes doors that are open should actually be closed. And sometimes doors that are, clo are closed actually need to be opened. And we need wisdom and we need discernment and prayer to know which ones we need to walk through and which ones we should actually leave closed. And so I would use it as one of the methods. I wouldn't use it as the only method of hearing the Lord's voice. Um, in your journey with him. So yeah, ask for a confirmation in a, in a different way, apart from the open and closed door. Then um, God can speak through nature. And nature is a bit of an interesting one. 
And I think we can all say, I don't think any of us have heard a donkey speak. Um, you know, there is an instance in the Bible where God speaks through a donkey, but anyway, um, that was one out of, I don't know how many. <laughs> We're not going to be that fortunate. Um, but Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And that's a little bit of a sidelight in that nature glorifies God, and that alone should be evidence of God's presence. But God can actually also speak through nature. I actually have a friend. This is a true story. Um, she was busy driving along the highway in here in the UK, driving along the highway. And um, God was busy speaking to her about Zephaniah 3 verse 17, where it speaks about how he, he rejoices over us. And as she was you know, hearing those words, how he rejoices over us, up on a hill, there was a llama. And this llama looked like it was dancing. It was jumping around and carrying on. And it literally looked like it was dancing. And it just felt to her that God was really reiterating the point about how um, he rejoices over us. And I'm not saying God's a, a llama. Please don't misunderstand me. But I certainly think God was using the llama to drive his message home that he delights over us. Amen. And that was a message that was really important to her at that time. It wasn't a, a mediocre um, message. Then um, God also speaks to us through different circumstances. And this is a bit of a tricky one because sometimes the thing that we think God is saying, like honestly, sometimes completely the opposite happens. And you just think, God, what on earth happened? Like I thought we were going this way. How did we end up going that way? And um, yeah, this is quite a, a very, very tricky one in, in terms of when it comes to hearing God's voice and, and really pushing through into hearing God's voice. And there's a little bit of a, a fine line around this because sometimes when we start moving about and pushing to see where God is, what he's doing and where he's going, we will need to be able to discern the way that God is taking us. So, yeah, I would also say back this up um, in prayer or um, with somebody or walk this out, especially if you've heard this way and things end up going that way. Um, really just rather pause for a minute, um, hear what the Lord is saying before moving on any further. Um, yeah, if you're not clear about what the Lord's voice is saying to you, rather just wait. Just wait until it becomes clear. And I think if all of us Christians can testify to having to wait, and some of us have waited longer than others, but we've all had to do a level of waiting. <laughs> then um, the peace of God, the peace of God, the amazing peace of God. Yeah. I can definitely say that the peace of God isn't manufactured and we can't manufacture it. We can't buy it. We can't um, cajole it into place or into being. It is, is truly a gift from God. And my experience of it to date is that it's, it's often contrary to a situation that should have given you peace. Um, it's often, you know, in the midst of this crazy storm that you feel this complete and utter peace coming from the Lord's hand. And um, yeah, it's very contrary to the worldly peace that we could want to maybe experience instead of actually God's real peace. Then um, God can also speak to us through uh, leadership. Um, and it's important to note that, I mean, leadership is one of the authorities that we submit ourselves to as Christians here on earth. And we should take heed of the advice given to us by leadership. I would, however, add here 
that any advice or direction or recommendation that is given to us should always concur with the word of God every time. We need to recognize that we are living in end days and there are false prophets and there are false teachers. So whatever advice, direction, recommendation, whatever it is, it needs to concur with the word of God. But other than that, fall under the authority of leadership. Um, and then lastly, a little bit about angels. So I found this quite a difficult topic just because I think um, sometimes we, we can see really bad examples where um, angel worship has gone a little bit airy. So um, we just need to be careful of that. We worship God and God alone. And the angels are God's messengers. And they are as busy now as they've ever been. So they're not, they haven't stopped being busy. They're still very much there. They're very busy. And we certainly know that angels do and have manifested. And the most, the greatest example we know is about Mary. When the angels appeared to her to tell her that she was carrying the Messiah. And yeah, whilst angels are definitely messengers, they can also fight warfare on our behalf. So we can ask God to strengthen our angels as they fight on our behalf. And we must note here that we don't command the angels. God commands the angels. So we can pray to God and ask him to command the angels. So let's talk a little bit about the different types of prayer. And let me tell you guys, there are so many, so many prayers out there. You didn't know this. You're going to learn tonight, hopefully. <laughs> so there's adoration and praise. So acknowledging God for who he is and honoring him and praising him, acknowledging our dependence on him. And it's basically where we just express our love for him. There's also supplication and petition, which is where we ask God for our spiritual and, and spiritual, our physical and spiritual goods. And I'm sure we can stick emotional in there as well. Um, when there's also confession and repentance. Um, and as we know, confession is really important when it comes to being right standing with God. I know that we have really covered this, but I think it's important enough to touch on it again. Not only does this put, this put us in right standing with God, but it also has the power to break strongholds as it takes away any legal territory that the, the, that the evil one may have gotten. There's prayer of thanksgiving, which is thanking God, obviously, for everything that he's done. There's declarations, there's binding and loosening, which is typically, you know, declaring God's word and will over us and over our situations and taking authority over things God has mandate, mandated us through his word. And then also there's intercession, where we make requests on behalf of others, typically praying God's will for a particular place or reason, a person or place or thing. And so there are so many other prayers. There's prayer of faith, prayer of salvation, prayer of consecration, prayer of deliverance, prayer of agreement. And let's not pr forget praying in tongues. Quite a few, aren't there? And the list goes on and on. It doesn't end there, guys. Does anybody have any questions they want to ask about prayer? I'm going to stop right here for a second. Well, we have a question. Yes, Elizabeth. Um, about prayer, I think you mentioned a few. Um, they say, um, so I have a way of praying where I do worship and then I go into Thanksgiving and then I, I journal my prayers down. And then sometimes I try to, I do like a devotional for new version. But I actually sometimes feel like, could you focus on different types of prayer each day? Let's say, okay, I'll do my devotion every day. But if I'm struggling with, um, let's say I'm struggling, I need to repent. Should I focus more of like, okay, I'll do my devotion in the morning 
and then I will focus a target to prayer each day that I feel I need? Or do you have just to keep it the same every day? What do you have to keep the same every day? And what can you change if you're dealing with circumstances? So I don't know if everybody heard that, but basically the question from Elizabeth was just around um, just the format that she runs through in the morning. So she has some time of worship and then she um, has some time of, of Thanksgiving and then she has a journaling. devotional and journaling. Um, does she, should she follow the same route every single day or should there be specific prayers that she prays? So what I would say to that is that the thing that needs to be the same every single day is the fact that you spend time with the Lord. Um, the next thing on from that, I would say is, yeah, just spend 10 minutes being quiet and just hear from the Holy Spirit what, what he wants you to do in that, in that quiet time. You know, just follow the Holy Spirit's leading as to what you should be doing. Um, I mean, I will say worship is a wonderful way to enter the Lord's presence. Um, reading the Bible is, is wonderful. You know, meditating on his word is, is wonderful. All those things are wonderful things. Um, so you can't go wrong with them. But what I will say is that we we are wanting to position ourselves in the spirit. So always enter from that position in your quiet time. But I also say there's no method, you know, to, uh, to it's not like uh, prayer time is like baking a cake. It's, there's no methodology behind it. Um, each one of us relates differently. Each one of us talks differently. And the way God relates to us is, is all different. So that's why I don't want to be religious about it and put a method on it. The only thing I would say is, yes, have your quiet time, and yes, hear what the Holy Spirit is, is leading and prompting you. Right. Um, then, what can we pray for in our personal and our um, corporate times? Well, we can pray for our spiritual leaders, for those who teach us and for those who lead us. We can pray for our family and our loved ones. We can pray for those in authority, so not just our spiritual leaders, but we can also pray for our, our governments or our local councillors, whatever the case is. We can pray for our church and our church body. We can pray for the sick and those in need. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for our enemies. We can pray for our neighbours, both literal and figurative. We can pray for God's kingdom to come, and we can pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And this is, not, this is not an exhaustive list. There's many other things that we can pray for. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to do was I wanted to share a little bit about my own prayer journey um, and just how I've kind of grown over the years um, in terms of prayer. And as again, I just want to highlight that each one of our prayer journeys are going to be different. They aren't going to be the same. And it's important to remember that. So just to give you a little bit of background, um, I've been a Christian for 20 years this year. Praise Ooh. the Lord. On the 29th, 20 years, two decades. So I'm going to reverse back in time a little bit. And I'm going to go to a time when I was a Christian for about five years. And I remember one of the biggest things I struggled with was that I couldn't lift my hands during worship. For love nor money, I could not get my hands to move up. They just didn't want to cooperate. I felt too self-conscious. I felt like it was too emotional for me. I just, I was all over the show. And, um, yeah, I think, if anything, I probably felt like a trapped bird. I felt like I was completely, my hands were trapped shut. And I couldn't move them, and I couldn't raise them, and I couldn't fully worship the Lord. And I could feel my heart was wanting to worship the Lord, but the body just didn't want to follow sync. And also, there were so many voices in my head. I was so self-conscious. 
I've been brought up to not focus on anything too emotional and oh, it was just too terrible. Anyway, I was very determined to break through my bird being stuck in the cage and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed myself a little bit and a little bit every time. I remember staying there once and I was like this, I was like, yo, come on folks. <laughs> that was massive for me. I'm not even joking when I say it. And then it got a little bit high and I remember this was massive breakthrough when I got here. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, uh, today I've got to the point where I actually suffer from involuntary swaying. As soon as I hear music, oh, there I am swaying away. I can't even help myself anymore. So the Lord really has done a wonderful thing um, in terms of moving my heart of stone that I had. And I, I really did have a very cold heart back in the day. Um, and he's now given me a heart of flesh, um, you know, a flesh, that, a flesh heart that's able to worship him. And so I just want to really just testify. That's just one of the things that I've you know, I had to walk through with the Lord um, in my time. Then um, fast forward five years after that, praying, praying in front of people. I couldn't. You won't believe it, but I couldn't. And you can, uh, you can ask people who lived with me, um, people here in the UK, for love nor money, I could not pray in front of people. Um, and I think by and large, I was very broken and I was very vulnerable. And I wondered, you know, would my words ever, enough be, ever be enough for God? Um, and would it actually even make sense? And would it actually matter if I prayed? And I thought, surely it would be better if I just sat and be quiet and just listen to those who actually knew how to pray. But thankfully, God surrounded me with people who were prayer warriors and people who could carry me in the spirit. And slowly but surely, I felt myself to begin unfold like a little bud who was looking to bloom and ever so slowly and let me tell you it was slowly <laughs> and ever so surely God unfolded me and he's moved my voice from a little whisper and sitting on the back foot to asserting on the front foot and knowing my authority and wielding my spiritual axe it was a process it didn't happen overnight and it still is continuing to happen so if tonight you want to ask God to come and change your perception, your voice, your boldness. He is only too willing if you just ask him. And lastly, um, the last story I wanted to share with you was um, about five years ago now. Um, I had gone to France with a friend and in the middle of the night I woke up and I felt like I was sleeping on a bed of people's faces and they were screaming in pain and it was quite a terrifying sight. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, in your life, I will take you to many cities and I will show you the spiritual underbellies of these cities. And I want you to pray over them. And I promptly said, no, thank you. <laughs> Literally. No, thank you, Lord. And I left it at that. Now, you may think it wasn't a well thought through answer, and I'd probably agree with you. It wasn't. But the problem is, is that many, many, many years earlier, when I first became a Christian, I had a very, very bad experience. So I had a friend who was messing around with the occult and she decided uh, she no longer wanted to mess around with her cult. So she came to speak to me about it and um, she mentions its name. And as she mentioned its name, the, the whole room literally just swirled like this. And I said to her, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. And for six weeks after that, um, I was actually um, attacked by this, this demon for six weeks, day and night. And um, I eventually had to get somebody in. He was a spirit-filled Christian. I wasn't a spirit-filled Christian at that time. I was very new. 
I was in a Methodist church, didn't know anything about the spiritual realm. Um, anyway, so one of the pastors came and anointed me and anointed the room and prayed, and I've never had an issue since then. But the point is, it rattled me senseless, rattled me to the point where I didn't want anything to do with the spiritual realm. Spiritual realm over there, Christy over here, I'm good. And it's because I realized that the spiritual realm was so very real. It wasn't something to be messed around with. And you're fighting something that you actually cannot see. And so it genuinely scared me. Um, so yeah, when, when God said that to me, I said, no, thank you. I'm good. You can get somebody else to do it. I'll do something else. <laughs> Whatever you want, I'll do that one. But um, yeah, God had different plans. Um, so it was about 18 months later um, that I, after I'd seen this vision um, and I went up to Glasgow um, and God really spoke to me as I did a city tour of, of the city and the history behind the city. And I repented and said, sorry to God. Um, and I, and I, yeah, I really don't know what the delays had on my life. I may know, I may never know. Um, but thankfully it was only 18 months of stubbornness. And um, thankfully, I haven't got on a ship and been swallowed by a whale in order to hear the, to, to turn around and come the other way. Thankfully, God's been gracious to me, but he's allowed me to repent and get back on the road that he's, he wanted me to go on. So, um, yeah, it's, in better, it's better to be obedient when God speaks the first time, as we don't know what we're actually going to miss if we're too stubborn. Mm. So the other item I wanted to highlight is that the devil knows what God has in store for us. And he's going to try and steal that away from you. He's going to try and stunt you of it. He's going to try and delay it, whatever the case is. And that's exactly what happened to me. Because of my experience early on of the spiritual realm, I really was completely and wholeheartedly put off the spiritual realm. And that's exactly where God was calling me to. And so, yeah, it caused a delay. And what the full impact of it is, as I say, I don't know. But the point is, we don't want the devil to win and to take away what God has in store for you. So, yeah, if there's anybody here tonight who is delaying or putting off or being hurt by something that you know God is calling you in that direction, then please let us know. We would love to pray with you. Um, yeah, it's important that yeah, you don't let the devil win this one over you, that God has got beautiful things in store for you and he knows what's best for you. So, um, yeah. Let's get that dealt with tonight, mm. if need be, and let's move forward. The last thing I wanted to do tonight was just finish off with a prayer. And it's the, one of the most beautiful prayers. We know that just before Jesus was crucified, he prayed for him and the Father to be one. He prayed for his disciples and protection over the disciples. But then he goes on to pray for all believers. And it is that prayer that I want to pray over us or say over us tonight. And he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through the, their word and that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, and that they may be, become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, 
to see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me, and I have made them known, made them, and I have known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. So yeah, that's all I wanted to share tonight. As I said, it wasn't a few notes. I do apologize. It was a little bit longer than a few. <laughs> but I do thank you that just to be able to share on that um, tonight. And I just, yeah, please, if anybody wants to come and uh, needs prayer, I'm sure any one of us will be gladly pray with you. Um, 